Hey everyone, welcome to a very special edition of the Question the Answers podcast. Myself and a few of my friends are going to be offering up our picks for the best albums of 2020. Uh, as crazy as this year has been, it's also been a pretty awesome year for music. Um, I think that there's been like, damn, like a ton of great music that's come out. And as much as we haven't been able to celebrate it live with a lot of these bands, uh, I still think that it's been really awesome for them to be able to still put out new music. Um, you know, I, I think that some of the lists that you're going to hear from, you know, my friends coming up uh, will both surprise you. And, you know, maybe you'll hear about some stuff that you haven't thought about before or, you know, whatever. But before I get into my list, I'd just like to say that, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, what some of your favorite albums were. So if you want to leave a comment or send an email or something like that, you know, I'm always open to hear new stuff. And also uh, I'm going to be creating a Spotify playlist uh, with at least one song from all the bands that are being uh, discussed here. So um, I'll drop a link in that as well. So uh, without further ado, here's my list for the top 10 albums of 2020. And um, I'm going to start with number 10 and move my way up to number one. So uh, my number 10 is this band called The More Family Band. And they have an album called Missy that came out earlier this year. And I mean, it, I only heard about it actually very recently. And I checked it out and I was really blown away. It's really good. It's on Asian Man Records. And um, yeah, apparently it's a, it's a family and uh, it's like two brothers and a sister. And uh, it, it rocks, man. It just really rocks. It's just good, straightforward, kind of, um, I don't know, like kind of garagey, kind of punk inspired, like kind of music and, you know, great voice, great hooks. Uh, Jeff Rosenstock is on a few tracks. It's, it's a really good album. You should check it out. Uh, number nine is Revolution Spring from the Suicide Machines. I mean, that's a band that, you know, I, I used to really love back, you know, in like, you know, my later high school and like college days. And I've seen them a ton of times. And they've had a couple of iterations in the lineup over the years. But, you know, their singer Jay Navarro has been, in the, you know, the, the, the one hold out in the band for the entire time. And I mean, this is such a return to form for them. It's got tons of energy. The lyrics are great. It's like got a great message. Um, it got put out on Fat Records, which I didn't expect for that to happen. That was kind of a neat surprise to hear about that. But, um, you know, great production, just so much fun to listen to. And, you know, I, I'm a sucker for a good ska punk record. So it was kind of like a, a nice treat to have that, that record drop. Uh, number eight, I've got Ultra Mono from the band Idols. Now, Idols is a band that I have just really grown to love uh, since hearing about them a few years ago. Uh, I've caught them live and, you know, Joy is an Act of Resistance, which they put out their previous record was easily one of my favorite records of the last couple of years. And, you know, this album came out and it did not disappoint one bit. It's got tons of raw energy. I mean, uh, great, great kind of like post, you know, kind of hardcore garage, you know, kind of vibe to it, post-punk. Um, you know, I mean, the UK is just turning out a bunch of great bands like Shame and, and whatnot. So uh, definitely a band to have on your radar if you haven't heard them yet. Uh, the new album from the Deftones, Ohms, is coming in at number seven for me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm a huge Deftones fan. I, to me, they basically haven't put out a bad record. There's there's a few records that are not as good as like some of their other ones. But I mean, like I said, I, I don't think that they've put out a bad record. And this album is, to me, at least hitting in their their higher tier as far as i'm concerned uh it's got you know a ton of experimentation on there but it's still got like that brutal kind of power behind it you know chino sounds great as ever um 
you know, I, I think that this really kind of had like that return to more of that, that white pony kind of experimentation kind of vibe for them, but it's still heavy and it still rocks. So, you know, for, for anyone that loves the Deftones, it should be a no brainer. Um, number six, I've got four from run the jewels. I mean, talk about an album that kind of came out and just dropped like a bomb. You know, it, it just hits every mark that you want from like a, like a politically charged, you know, hip hop album. Uh, I mean, those guys have just been killing it. And you know, I was, I was so bummed because I, I, I was supposed to see them live for the first time this year with Rage Against the Machine. And, uh, you know, I was so psyched to, to be able to catch these songs live. And, you know, I'm just kind of have to be patient for when that tour finally comes around. But I mean, gosh, this record just rules. Um, number five, I've got Fetch the Bolt, called Fetch the Bolt Cutters from Fiona Apple. Um, you know, this was another one that just like kind of came out and just really uh, kind of surprised, you, you know, me and just, you know, I'm, I like Fiona Apple's, you know, previous albums and I think she's super talented and uh, it's so weird and funky and just, just man, like it, it's got like this kind of rawness to it that I just really appreciated. And, you know, the, the fact that she came out and just dropped this, it, I think just as a testament to her as an artist um, it, it, I know it's been like listed as like number one on a bunch of, you know, lists and, you know, it's, it's not my number one, but it's, it's a damn good record. So definitely check it out. Um, number four, I've got the self-titled debut record from the black Pumas. And, um, I mean, gosh, this, this record just is so good. Uh, you know, kind of soulful R and B little, little funky, you know, uh, but kind of, you know, rock oriented, um, you know, they're, they're from out of Texas and, I mean, it's, it's getting tons of accolades. Um, you know, I know it's up for like Grammy for album of the year. Um, but man, if you enjoy good, like kind of soulful R and B, uh, you know, th this is an album that you should definitely not sleep on. Great record. Um, number three is the self-titled record from pairs. Now this isn't their debut or anything. This is, I think their fourth album I want to say, but I mean, gosh, this album came out earlier this year and it's just so fun. And, tons of energy uh kind of quirky punk rock uh you know not cookie cutter at all um you know i i i liken it to kind of a almost like propaganda you know meets like no effects meets like just doing their own thing i mean it's just super fun listen to this album a ton definitely check it out number two i've got the self-titled debut from the band kariki now if you're a fan of fugazi which i'm a huge fan of fugazi uh, you know, I've been following all of their uh, kind of side projects or bands post Fugazi. And uh, yeah, it's just a trio. Great, great songs. Great record, kind of lo-fi, uh, you know, kind of pop sensible. And I mean, it hits all the marks for me as far as, you know, anything that they've done, you know, like with the Evens or, you know, the Mesthetics or any of those bands afterwards. But but man, like this is just a solid debut, good songs. Uh, you know, it's got that kind of signature Ian kind of thing going on with the songwriting. And, you know, I, I've just always been uh, uh, into that, that style of writing. So, you know, huge, huge record for me. Definitely check it out. But my number one, uh, without further ado, is the album Inlet from Hum. Now, this album came out earlier this year and it was totally dropped by surprise it you know had no fanfare no nothing it's just like oh we have this record here we go and man it just hits every mark for me you know i'm a huge huge you know lover of you know that kind of 90s 
you know, big, big sound production, lots of guitars, lots of, you know, reverb and effects and stuff. And gosh, like this record just really, really hits all those marks for me. And, you know, I, I definitely love all of their albums prior to this, uh, was not expecting this album at all. Um, and, and I don't know if that necessarily like made more of an impact because it was just so out of the blue, but, but I have not been able to stop listening to this record, uh, since it came out and I, I got it on vinyl, uh, ordered it right away. Uh, it came in the mail a few weeks ago and I've just been listening to it a ton. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's my list for the top albums. I've got some honorable mentions I wanted to point out though, real quick. Uh, the self self-titled debut from the band Spice, uh, which is, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call them a super group. It's just a new band, but it's members from Ceremony, Sabretooth Zombie, Spiritual Cramp. Um, you know, definitely worth checking it out. Kind of, you know, post-punkish, kind of indie, kind of heavier indie rock. Uh, it's out on Days Records, I believe it's called. Uh, the new album from Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. Um, I know that they haven't always put out great records, but I think this is a really good record from them. I think it's, you know, kind of a fun record for them an experimental, you know, a little, um, a little bit of like, you know, electronic, you know, heavy, but uh, you know, what they've done is I, I think put together a really good collection of songs that are just, you know, got that Billy Corgan kind of sound. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm biased. I basically love everything that they've done. So, you know, I, I, I liked it for what it is. Um, this record would have probably been on my top 10 if it had actually come out prior to me making this, but I tried to hold out, but it, it just hadn't come out yet. But the new debut album from the band Bad Operation, um, you know, it's coming out through Bad Time Records and Community Records as a joint venture. And, you know, the first few tracks that I've heard from this song are just from this album are so good. I mean, it's like kind of two-tone influenced ska with like definitely like a new kind of vibe. They're, they're referring to it as new tone, which I thought was really clever. Um, but they're a band from New Orleans. It's members from bands like um, uh, Pears is actually one of the guys from Pears is in the band. But uh, yeah, they, this record is, this band is going to be one that you're going to want to look out for if you're into like ska or ska punk music at all. Uh, definitely give it a listen when it comes out in a week or two. Um, and I'm a little biased here, but you know, these two, these next two albums are albums that I helped release through my record label, Sell the Heart Records. The band uh, Roland, R-L-N-D, has an album called Zealand, and it's uh, kind of a post-rock, post-metal instrumental, uh, very guitar-heavy uh, album. A little bit of synth in there. I mean, this is, I, I just, I really think it's a great record. Um, I, I was really stoked to be able to be a part of releasing it. Um, if you're into bands like Russian Circles or like um, Maserati or um, from Monument to Masses, I think this would be right up your alley. So definitely check that out when it comes out in a week, in about a week. Um, I mean, it's technically out, but it'll be out for um, a physical order in a week or two. And then uh, earlier this year, uh, the queer core band from the East Bay called Middle Aged Queers put out a really fun record called Two Fag for Love. Uh, I mean, it's just a great like throwback to like that great 80s or I'm, I'm sorry, 90s, like East Bay kind of punk sound, um, you know, lighthearted, fun, uh, you know, kind of low. It's, it, it's not doesn't have like a ton of, you know, sterling production on it. It's just a really fun punk rock record. Um, and, you know, one of the songs on the album is called Gary's Making Biscuits about a cat that does that meeting thing. And I think that's fucking hilarious and awesome one of the album, one of the songs of the year as far as i'm concerned um i also wanted to drop a few of the eps that dropped this year that i thought should be worth mentioning so 
Um, there's a band called Datura who are from Wenatchee, Washington. And the band is called Bury Me. Uh, kind of post-punk, almost, like, I wouldn't call it goth, but like a little bit of like that dark, dark wave vibe going on. So definitely check those out. Uh, the band Death Tapes out of Sacramento put out an a EP called Preface. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a post-hardcore verging on like a, almost like a metal kind of vibe. Um, I, for lack of a better word, I'd classify it as like, um, like heavier circus revive or something like that. But a uh, really great band. Check them out. Uh, another band that I'm a little biased to because uh, I helped release their record. But the band System Restore, who are from out of uh, Casper, Wyoming, they have an EP called User Friendly Fire. And it's just a really solid four song skate punk record. If you're into stuff like Agent Orange or The Descendants or Lagwagon, this would be right up your alley. And then uh, last but not least is a band called States of Nature, who are from the East Bay. They have an EP called Light and Seed and uh, kind of great psych, kind of influenced garagey kind of post-punk vibe. Uh, managed to catch them live uh, with Sam I Am earlier this uh, I believe it was earlier this year, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, great, great band, great folks. And the album just is, is super good if you're into that, that kind of sound. But uh, yeah, those are my picks. And um, like I said, I'll be dropping a, a link to a Spotify playlist that will have that'll feature not only my list, but the picks from the upcoming guests. So without further ado, on to our first guest. And thanks for listening. Kendra, welcome back. How you doing? I'm great. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being a part of this show. I'm excited to hear what your picks are. It's an interesting year. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's been actually a really cool, cool year for music, I think. I think that there's been some really awesome albums that have come out across like all the genres and, you know, punk rock included. And, you know, shoot, I'm, I'm excited because I know that you have a pretty diverse um, <laughs> love of music. So I don't know. I'm, I'm eager to hear. So without well, further ado, I'd love to hear Kendra Sheets' top albums of 2020. All right. Um in no actual order because I didn't look up the order and I just wrote down a list. Um, we'll, we'll go, we'll start pop side. Uh, Lady Gaga's Chromatica. Oh my God. What an amazing album that is. Um, that came out, I think mid year or maybe it was fall. I don't know. There's no concept of time in 2020 anymore. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that it feels like it came out around May cause I've listened to it so much that I feel like I got a good, like solid six months out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really, really great. Um, I think a lot of the things on my list are um, like female forward, um, not specifically front, female fronted per se, but just the fact that um, it's not straight white men. Um, getting real tired of that, I think a lot of people are, um, you know, just in regards to the, the masses. Um, well, another I mean, one, shoot, there's, there's a huge, huge population of people out there that make art and music that are not straight white men. So right. we should be giving them the attention that they deserve. You know? And I'm tired of changing your lyrics in my head to fit me better. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, another one, Dua Lipa. Uh, she came out with an album called Future Nostalgia. And it is like an 80s pop banger. Um, the, I, think, I think her first single was Physical. It's the first one I heard, and I straight up thought it was an 80s song that I just happened to hear like on the radio at a weird time. Um, but I think every song on that album is awesome, and the end track to that um, is a song about um, not letting men get away with the kind of boys will be boys mentality, um, which is really great because I think you know when you have people in a larger 
facing population like pop music um we didn't have a lot of people talking about those type of things we it was talked about in the punk scene it was talked about a lot more in the smaller subgenres. but now it's making um much more impactful verbal statements to larger masses of people which i think is great because eventually you know that'll seep in and hopefully make a little culture change <laughs> let's hope let's hope yeah that. yeah yeah um speaking of people in our genre neck of the woods a uh, pity party put out a fabulous album this year called Concrete. Um, I, you know, 2020 being what it is, I barely have done, I, I think maybe one album review all year. I used to pull out a few, at least uh, a year, and I'm real behind, but that is one that I've sat with and sat on for a long time. Um, it is a hard album to write about based on the subject matter, but it is such a good album and it deserves everything you could possibly give to it i mean it is just it's solid from front to back it's emotional it's deep um it, it's just really really great and the band is so fabulous um i think they really are coming to their own uh with this album they've kind of solidified their lineup a little bit more and you can really hear that they're gelling great yeah no they're 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 making waves out here for sure Oh yeah, they're, I wish I was out there. It's one of those things where like, I love the Chicago bands and I love to see bands like the Brokedowns all the time or like the copyrights always are coming through. But man, do I wish I was out there where Pity Party is one of my locals. They're so sure, good. Sure. <laughs> right on. Um, speaking of a Chicago local that I love very much, um, there's a band out here called Beach Bunny and they put out a um, their very first LP at the beginning part of this year called Honeymoon. It's nine tracks. Um, I don't want to say, I think it's cute. I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I'm not trying to say that, um, you know, it's cutesy, but it has a very, very um, light sound to it. Um, it's really, it almost sounds like summer. It came out in February, but it sounded like summer. Um, but you can listen to it at any time because it's just good. Nice. Uh, they're actually going to be putting out an EP at the early part of January. Uh, so we'll get four new songs from them next year, which will probably make it onto my 2021 list because I love them. That's great, yeah. <laughs> Um, and we've got Attic Salt, uh, who's also from the Chicago land area. They're a little bit further south in Illinois, and they put out a EP called Get Wise. Um, they're really, really great. They cover um, a pretty diverse spread when it comes to sound. They definitely have punk leanings. Um, I would say there's a little alt indie with them too. They do um, alternating and um, overlapping vocals, uh, male and female vocalist, and you just get a really great range of sound from them. Their songs are really, really great. Uh, their first album was awesome too, but I think this one's, again, kind of coming into that sound with that second EP, or second LP, my mistake. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I don't know if the whole nation might know about this, but we have a wonderful character from the area called the Eradicator. Um, and the Eradicator's grandfather, the grandfather of Squash, put out his very own album this year. Um, they are less aggressive songs than the Eradicator. Um, I've seen the grandfather of Squash play a number of times, and um, it embodies everything that one of those live shows is. It's a lot calmer. It's a lot uh, more about how he invented the sport of squash and how much he loves his grandson, the Eradicator. Um, but it is definitely worth its time. And if you know the whole shtick between um, the kids in the hall sketch and the Eradicator, um, it kind of builds onto the um, massive joke <laughs> in a lot of different ways. So if you're not looking for anything too politicized, if you're not looking for anything you know, too breakup-y or hard-hitting, just something to really listen to and laugh to and enjoy. I think it's a really great album. It's a self-titled album, very first one. <laughs> awesome. 
And then um, we've got, speaking of self-titled, our guys in pairs put out their, I believe it's their third album, but it is a self-titled album. Um, it is fabulous. Oh my gosh. I mean, those guys in my mind could do no wrong. I've been a fan of theirs since their very first, um, uh, I think, chords ringing out, really. And um, they, they were just, this album is really, really wonderful. Um, it builds a lot on their sound that they're kind of edging into when they started writing songs like Snowflake, when they did um, that split with Direct Hit. It's got a little bit less of the like hardcore punk sound that they had in the first album. It's kind of moving towards a little bit more fat wreck, no effectsy sound, but they don't lose their pair sound. It becomes a little bit more accessible, but that aggression is still there. Zach is still, I mean, you can imagine, if you've seen Pairs Live, um, you know, their stage presence is just above and beyond anything that I've seen in a very long time. And these songs are definitely going to fit really well into that. It's not going to slow down their set list or anything. Um, and you know, they're going to be just ripping through the set list like awesome. And I can't wait until we can actually see shows again and I can enjoy them. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I, that, that album is definitely, definitely on my list. Uh, that, that was probably one of the first albums that I, this year that I thought was just like, dude, this is definitely on my list. Cause I was just like listening to it over and over and over. It was like perfect gym album, yep. you know, that kind of thing. And, um, I was actually supposed to see them too. And then poof, everything like, happened. Blah. But yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any more to add? I do have one very last one. And awesome. if you know anything about me or my internet presence or really anything I've ever posted or talked to you about if I've had more than one Tito's and soda, it's that I love Kesha. And Kesha put out an album at the very first part of this year, which was actually on my album of the year list in 2019 because I knew it was going to be good and I already heard four songs. Um, but she had an album come out earlier this year called High Road, and it is fabulous. And if you're not a Kesha fan, that's okay, but you really should be because it's real good. Um, and it's a lot more um, evolved than the 20-year-old, like, let's dance and drink Jack Daniels and party in a club kind of Kesha. She's gone through a lot, and she's writing about a lot. And um, it might be because we're in a similar age group at this point, but, like, I feel these songs. <laughs> I always have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you know, Kendra, thank you so much. That's a, that's a great list. You know, I really appreciate you coming on the show again and talking about this and, you know, hopefully people, you know, check out the al albums that you listed and shoot, it'd be nice to talk to you again sometime down the road soon. Of course. I mean, we got nothing else to do. We're locked in our houses. <laughs> and I hope you have a good holiday and a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Hey, John, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Andy. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure to be on Question the Answer podcast, perhaps the best podcast of 2020, best new podcast of 2020. Oh, uh, well, affiliation with Sell the Heart Records, an excellent record label, and also an affiliation with Tsunami Bomb, an excellent band. So, Andy, thank you for having me back. It is my pleasure. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. And, um, you know, I had a great time interviewing you on the last uh, episode you were on. And, you know, it's nice to have you on here. I know that I'm sure you have some really interesting picks for your top uh, album for 2020. So, with no further ado, you know, here you go, man. Give me what your top picks for 2020 were. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we're starting off right at right off the uh, star's gun. Well, listen, I will say that this was an unusual year for best picks because usually, like, listen, I'm not a hip person. You know, no one thinks I'm hip. You know, so the way I get in touch with the hip bands is I go to house shows and a place in Philadelphia called Cousin Danny's, which is kind of like the maximum rock and roll audience, you know? And so I, you know, I, if I see something's buzzy, I go and I check it out, you know, I hear what people are talking about. But of course, due to COVID, I didn't get that experience hardly at all this year. 
Right. So the result was I didn't get hip to that many brand new bands this year, which was kind of a bummer. The flip side was a lot of long running bands put out some killer, killer material this year. So usually I like to mix up my thing and have some new bands and some old bands. But this year we're looking at mostly, I mean, to their credit, we're looking at mostly, you know, long running acts that have been there 10, 20 years, just because, you know, everybody's doing the best they can. You know what I'm saying? So without further ado, these are not necessarily in any order. I might do my very favorite at the very end. But but a lot of lot of cool stuff from some long running bands came out this year. One thing was Public Enemies album, What You're Gonna Do When the Grid Goes Down, which honestly, like I, I pretty much thought it was the end of Public Enemy. They actually put out an album. Maybe the listeners do or do not know. So Public Enemy, the main two people is Chuck D and Flavor Flav. And Andy, if I'm being long winded, you say, Yo, John, you're being long winded. No one really cares about the inner politics of public enemy. You know, and who likes you and what band? Just give us the names and get off the screen. If that's what you want, just let me know. You do your thing, John. <laughs> Public Enemy, the two main guys, Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Chuck D is the main, main guy, and he's the most politically aware. Flavor Flav is kind of the comedic foil, but also he has soul. If anything, Chuck D is the academic, and Flavor Flav is the soul and the heart of the band, if you will. But they've been feuding for, honestly, probably for about 20 years to a degree behind the scenes because Flavor Flav is more interested in being mainstream famous or popularity. He was on Flavor of Love. He was on the show where he married Brigitte Nielsen, and it was a whole thing. And Chuck D did not like that at all. Long story short, Flavor Flav is back in the band. They put out an album called What You Gonna Do When The Grid Goes Down, which is really a remake of an album they put out about three years ago. Um, it's got about half the same tracks, a couple of remakes and some classic tracks. And the interesting thing about this new version, it, it is mixed by a guy called C-Doc, and he mixes it like a mixtape. And honestly, without question, it's the best P.E. release in 10 years, maybe the best P.E. release since Apocalypse 91. It's short and compact, unlike a lot of modern P.E. releases, but it's extremely political. And plus, honestly, it's like the zippiest and some of the most fun they've done in a long time. So it's very political and very fun, and it's Public Enemy really firing on all cylinders, so that's very exciting. So that's nice. definitely one of my favorites. Wow. Ceremony put out an album last year. Called in, actually, you and I were talking about this on, on Facebook. Ceremony is a band. The, the story of Ceremony is Ceremony was a Bay Area hardcore band. And for like, from like 2007 to 2010, they were the Bay Area hardcore band. And like, like Bridge Nine style hardcore. They were huge. And I, actually, seeing the, their record release show for Ronit Park, the 2010 masterpiece, is what I, I didn't even know anything about them. I, saw them. I was blown away. I thought they were one of the best bands I've ever seen. So anyways, the irony is after they put out this hardcore masterpiece, they radically switched gears. Their album after that was kind of post-punk, which was good, but the songs were a little long. The one after that was Al Shaped Man, very divisive record. Some people think it's a subtle masterpiece. Some people think it's boring. Then last year they put out an album called In the Spirit World Now, which was kind of more, well, actually, it, it, it was basically them doing Gary Newman, which I dug. Although I was a little annoyed by them, and they were like, well, we weren't really influenced by Gary Newman. We were influenced by poetry. And, and I'm like, well, that's, and that's why you covered Gary Newman Live, and that's why your songs kind of sound like Gary Newman, which there's no shame in sounding like Gary Newman. Gary Newman rules, you know, but I dug the record. But then they put out a new version of that same record this year called In the Spirit World Now Synthetic Remixes, where they took all the music out and they put in synth music instead of, I guess, rock music. And honestly, it sounds even more Gary Newman-esque, if you will, except for one track. That sounds like Men Without Hats and Safety Dance. And I dig it, and I think it's a daring strike. And more importantly, I think it's finally ceremony, not getting over the fact, but forging a way forward that isn't necessarily hardcore punk, even maybe it's hardcore punk in concept, but not sonically, forging a way forward without being tied to their past. Because with Zoo, with L-Shaped Man, everyone's like, well, it's not like Ronit Park. It's not like Still Nothing Moves You. 
but now they've done something exciting that wasn't a reaction to that, if you will. Um, and so I'm very excited. So I think Ceremony's got a lot of cool stuff in the future. But the record itself is great. I actually like the, the new version better than the old version. To tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I, I liked that remixes, uh, the synthetic version as well. Like it was definitely like a interesting twist um, on the album. And I happen to really like In the Spirit World now quite a lot. And I, I, li- I like the... I guess, quote unquote, evolution that they've seen as a band. Cause I like their earlier stuff too. But to be honest, I'm more partial to the newer stuff. Like it's fine. You can like the old ceremony and you can like the new ceremony. Cause guess what? It's still ceremony. <laughs> I, I, I don't see an issue with it at all. I think it's really rad what they've been able to do personally. I, I agree that it is rad that they are moving beyond doing the same thing over and over and over. I'm always a big fan of that. Um, I would say the, the, the twist of that is I don't think all the experiments have been a success, but I will say in the spirit world and in the spirit world now, synthetic remixes, definite success. And I'm excited for the next era of ceremony for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Good pick. Come back. Chromags. Of course, as the listeners might know, the, the two main Chromags for years and years and years were John Joseph and Harley Flanagan and they hate each other and they've hated each other since 1985, probably, you know? And so after they broke up originally, they went back and forth as sometimes the Cromags were John Joseph, sometimes the Cromags were Harley Flanagan. And, and the big argument was, well, who is the true mastermind behind the Cromags? Harley Flanagan says, no, I'm the true mastermind and I did everything. And John Joseph says that, no, I did a lot of the, I did a lot of the lyrics and some music too. And then also we have Paris Mayhew, maybe the other third Cromag saying, no, I did everything, you know. Well, after years of legal battle and some physical battles, last year, Holly Flanagan took control of the Cro-Mags trademark and brand name permanently, literally ending 25 years of nonstop, wait, no, 35 years of nonstop battle over the Cro-Mags name. And Harley released an album called Cro-Mags in the beginning. And the question was, will this be a return to form? Will it be a step forward or will it just be another dud? Because as amazing as their first album, Age of Crawl is, and the second album is very good. There is a lot of spottiness in the Cro-Mags after the first two albums. In the beginning, excellent album and shows. It doesn't necessarily disprove what the other members were saying, but it does show that Harley is an amazing talent. And he actually handled the comeback perfectly, if you ask me, in that he kind of was rooted in the Age of Quarrel sound, but took experiments outside of the Age of Quarrel context in of itself to make a record that is distinctly Cro-Mags, but also fresh and interesting and is exactly the kind of thing you want as a fan. A little bit of the old, some new, mixed together perfectly. Fantastic record. Sweet. Um, also, maybe on the flip side is the Spits. Of course, the Spits are a long-running band that are kind of popular, but not that popular. And they're actually probably more popular than they would be normally because they don't tour that much. And so they're sort of mysterious. It's two brothers and one other guy, or actually I think it's two other guys now. And they sing like robots singing Ramones and Misfits. And they put out a record just called Spit Six. It's their sixth six title record. It's not that radically different, except for it's slightly popular than the previous stuff. But what's striking about it is that I think it might be the best Spits full length in that it's only 17 minutes. But every song is like frigging great. And it's just Spits doing what the Spits do perfectly. And perhaps more so than ever before, the thing with the Spits is they sound like they're robots. They sound like they're aliens. But they are approaching a distinctly human condition from this outsider's perspective. Heartbreak, loneliness, frustration, anger. Done as robots, but talking about human emotions. Excellent record. Well done, Spits. Nice. Um, let's talk about Classics of Love. Not an album, it's an EP. Classics of Love. Jesse Michaels of an operation, Jesse Michaels of Operation Ivy and the Hard Girls, except for the Classics of Love is no longer 
Jesse Michaels and Hard Girls. Jesse, uh, Classics of Love is now Jesse Michaels, Peter John Fontes, and I'm forgetting the other guy that plays guitar who I really should know his name. It's the other guy who plays guitar who is cool and interesting and good. Anyways, Classics of Love put out their first release in about seven years. And honestly, like Jesse Michaels had kind of suggested that he was done singing music. And he even said he had some throat issues and he was kind of doing movies and visual art now. And maybe music was done. And we all kind of came to terms with that. Then out of the blue, Jesse Michaels said, oh, I'm releasing new Classics of Love stuff. He puts out an EP called World of Burning Hate. And listen, I love Operation Avi. I love Operation Avi. I like, and this is no BS, I like the Classics of Love LP even better. It's just called, uh, it's not called Classics of Love. What, what, what's the album called? Maybe it's called Classics of Love. Anyway, the only Classics of Love album there is. I think it is fantastic. It's Jesse Michael doing hardcore. The new EP, World of Burning Hate, I would say is even better. It's faster. It's more furious. It's more ragged. It's almost like Classics of Love doing Discharge with maybe some Galze or other Japanese hardcore bands, Gizem or... or um, a uh, 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 death side mixed in. It is frantic and crazy, and but not only that, it's not only is the music furious. Like Jesse's lyrics are fantastic. Like Jesse just gets like he doesn't put out a ton of stuff, but when he puts stuff out, it is ten out of ten amazing. That's yeah, it. that one came kind of out of nowhere and really caught everyone off guard. And I know, I know, a lot of people are like really looking forward to it coming out on a physical format because right now I think it's only available digitally. Um, I think right. it's only available through Bandcamp. Sharif Dumani. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? Reef Dumani, guitar player. Oh, okay, right. The, uh, yeah. Let's talk about Trash Knife. Trash Knife is an awesome Philadelphia band. They put out an album, which is really a compilation of their two seven inches. Uh, it's just called Trash Knife, I think. And uh, Trash Knife is just fantastic, furious Philadelphia punk rock. Avengers meets Germs meets Circle Jerks. Fantastic stuff. Uh, let's talk about uh, Clear Channel. Clear Channel is a Downtown Boys spinoff band. It's Mary Relegato of Downtown Boys. Uh, a singer, I forget his name, and a drummer, and I think one other person. And they do kind of like post-punky gang of four meet slit stuff with actually a little bit of like almost um, dance music mixed in, but like, not like almost like post-dance, like Liquid Liquid or something like that. And they have a record called Hell, and it is super cold, super spooky, and super good. Check out Clear Chat. Let's talk about Noun. Noun is an EP by Marissa Paternostro of Screaming Females. Screaming Females is one of the greatest bands ever. And there's three people. There's Marissa, there is uh, uh, Jared, and then there is King Mike of Screaming Females. Noun is Marissa kind of, it's the name she uses when she feels like she's doing something totally different. The Noun releases mostly sound different from each other. The, release, the recent uh, Noun release, which is called Cru uh, Crucify Me, is kind of her doing sort of 90s college rock with some more experimental stuff in there. Everything Mr. Paternoster touches turns to gold. And if you haven't checked out her punk band, well, Shoot Me Female is a punk band too, but if you haven't checked out her underground punk band, uh, Bad Canoes, check out that band. One of the, one of the best bands I've ever seen live. Yeah, uh, I mean, she's, she's such a talent. I mean, she's an amazing guitar player, great singer. I, I'm a huge fan of Screaming Females for sure. I mean, having seen them at Fest last year, and that was the first time I've, I had ever had a chance to see them. I was thoroughly blown away. Yeah, instant fan. So definitely in, in, interested in checking that, that stuff out. Uh, let's talk about The Garden. The Garden is two twin brothers, and they have had an extremely varied career. They're actually the son of a guy that was in a band called Shattered Faith, which was like a 90s OC punk band. Not, not one of the bigger ones, one of the medium or smaller ones. And they've put out a bunch of releases at this time. At the core, they play hyper-minimalist punk that's almost like Wire. Their new release, well, actually their last release, they actually... They have a, a, an extremely amazing release called Ha Ha, which everyone should check out. 
it's I hated that first, and I kept listening to it, and I absolutely love it. It's them doing like Wire, but with some weird experiments in there too. Mm-hmm. After that, they had an album called Mirror Might Steal Your Charm, which was more college rocky. I liked it, but it was a little bit more sedate, a little bit more calm, maybe more nuanced. They just put out a new album called Kiss My Super Bowl Ring, which is crazy. It's the craziest thing I've ever done. So there's some college rocky stuff in there. There's some Wire stuff in there. But there's grindcore in there. There's these weird electronic experiments. And every song is almost like a rudimentary penized cacophony. And like every song is like three or four songs put together. And it is probably the most difficult album, but certainly the most daring. And uh, I, I know they get some flack for having been a buzz band, which can be a real hindrance on a band after the buzz is somewhat worn off, which I think they might be facing that. And they get some flack because I think people think they're like too cool for school, which is the, but the only reason people think that is because they're too tall handsome male models and so people think they're total dicks but when you talk to them they're like totally normal they're like average joes you know and so so they get so much unwanted hate and i think it's because most people aren't as punk as they think they are and that the art is weird and radical and freaky and if they just you know wore flannel and sang about drinking whiskeys and friends people would love them but because they're weird and freaky and next level people get scared by that and they hate them by default the garden is an astoundingly awesome band and their career to date has been interesting. Their new album, maybe their best, certainly the most difficult, but also perhaps the most interesting and the most rewarding. Um, Let's talk about World Inferno Friendship Society. They put out an album. Actually, it came actually no, it came out this year at the end of this year or the tail end of last year. It was unclear. The digital version came out before the physical release version. This record is an interesting record because the two main World Inferno guys are Jack Terrycloth and Scott Hollingsworth, and they started World Inferno, and Scott has quit and rejoined World Inferno about three or four times at this point. The new album is called uh, All Borders Are Porous to Cats. Fantastic record. However, it was recorded at a time when Scott and Jack weren't really even talking to each other. Mm. And also, Scott Hollingsworth, had, there's like 10 people in World Inferno, and amazingly to me, you would think that that uh, Jack Terrycloth, the main guy, would do like a dancing, and I wouldn't even fault him if he did. He'd be like, "This is what we're doing. We're doing A, B, and C." And if someone said, "Well, what if we do D?" You're fired. That's the dancing style, and I don't even know that's a, that's a bad style because those four, first four dancing records are amazing. The Mystic records are amazing. Same Aid records are amazing. Sometimes one guy has the dynamite vision, and you just have to effectuate that. You would think that Jack Terrycloth, who has the biggest stake in the world in front of, would be like it, but he's not at all. The new record is a total group effort in that this person contributed that, this person contributed this. And the hard part for Hollingsworth was this album was recorded all over, so he literally had to stitch this album together from five years of pieces and recordings. You think it'd be crap, but actually it's not. It's a very nuanced record. It's glam rock in some points. It's classic World Inferno in other points. And it's got a very trippy story behind it that you can read about on the internet. But... Perhaps against all odds, it's in a great record and definitely one of the better ones. I was very psyched to hear it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Nice. KRS-One. Hey. KRS-One, the most dangerous MC. And, and this is, he put out a mixtape with um, Kid Capri called the Black Party Mixtape. And what he did is he took a bunch of beats from the set. Well, Kid Capri took a bunch of classic era beats from the 70s. You know, uh, old Sugar Hill Gang beats, uh, old, um, old beats by like, oh, uh, uh, Funky 4 Plus One More. Uh, old beats by uh, Curtis Blow, and he like rapped over top of these beats and like one 20 minute nonstop rap. And it is KRS One just excelling. Like at this point, he's got nothing left to prove. And honestly, like he's put out some out, al- he puts out about an, al- about an album a year, and he never puts out a bad album. 
but some of the albums are a little bit underbaked and, and you kind of wish you put a little bit more work into them. This mixtape is off the hook. It is like, it's just him on fire for 20 minutes straight calls. Just going bang, bang, uh, bang. Let's see here. Let's talk about second to last one. Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Another surprise kicker. And here's why. People know Jello Biafra, lead singer of the Dead Kennedys. He hasn't put out an album for about seven years, I think. The Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine song, the albums prior, are all good. The songs are a little long. Some songs are four and five minutes. Maybe they could be two and a half minutes long. You know, they're all fantastic, but maybe a little bit of editing. The new record, which is called Tea Party Revenge Porn, which by its very nature is out of date upon release. And I'm still not exactly sure what he was going for with that title. I think what he's saying is that the alt-right or, or, or that whole thing, is like the revenge of the Tea Party, I think, you know. And the whole album is basically about Putin and Trump and stuff like that, except when he goes personal. There's a couple tracks where he talks about what's inside him as opposed to politics. And those are always my favorite Biafra tracks. Because Biafra is such an, an interesting guy, but he does he talks about outside things a lot, but he really doesn't talk about who he is, and he's an extremely weird, interesting person. And so on this record, he does both. And not only that, though, what's amazing is the record like rips so hard, it shreds like a thrash album. This dude is like 62 now, which is not ancient, but that's no spring chicken. And he is like tearing it up. And the band is tearing it up too. Ralph Spite on guitar, Chemo Ball on bass, I believe. Uh, I think one of the drummers from Nick Turner's band is on drums. Awesome, awesome band. What was interesting, though, was they actually did three pre-release singles, and they kind of sucked, honestly. And people were like, oh, I'm not psyched about this album. The reason was because they were unmastered mixes, and Jello, like, really, I think the word on the street was that Jello just, like, was really excited to get stuff out there, so he wanted to get stuff out there. And so people were kind of underwhelmed because the songs didn't have that much punch. But once they were mixed and mastered properly and they were on the album, like, this song is incredible. So I don't usually get that hung up on production, but it just goes to show how important production can be. Anyways, the new Jello album is amazing, and it's without question the best GSM album. I would say it's within the realm of his best albums as a whole. Plastic Surgery Disasters, Fresh Fruit, uh, Sig Hattie with the Jelvins. I would put this one up there. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people, to your point, were really eager to hear it. Um, and whether or not they uh, it wasn't met with as good a fanfare as they had hoped uh what i do know is that it ended up selling out like um as far as i know the the vinyls sold out at this i got one more I one more okay tsunami bomb that uh recorded an ep this year and they re-recorded some old tracks and did some lives bootleg style tracks and let me tell you man tsunami bomb definitely a band to look out for great album last year right things in the future i'm psyched for tsunami bomb oh well thanks man yeah i mean we we put together that uh that that two song well it's four songs and uh two of which are re-recordings of older tracks and then two of which are bootlegs from a show that we were in um but uh yeah man uh thank you so much for the kudos we appreciate it my pleasure and thanks for having me on the show andy i, I appreciate you doing a great job with the podcast great job with the record label a great job with tsunami bomb you're killing it 2021 that's going to be the, the year of andy that's what that's what i'm foreseeing <laughs> the year of andy i love it nola hey john thanks so much for being on man as always and uh i look forward to talking to you then again down the road here's my pleasure andy rob how's it going man welcome back how you doing i'm doing good man how are you man i'm doing well man you know happy uh end of the year we made it i mean we made it through <laughs> exactly right yeah we somehow made it through uh you know this is obviously a a year that uh <laughs> we're all gonna remember of course man right 
it's it's true i mean i think we're going to try our hardest to forget it but it'll it'll be there <laughs> but exactly. yeah man it's uh it's been a it's been a wild year for wiretap records i mean congratulations on all the success and like you know you, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in the next year i know everyone's really excited about all the bands you've been working with and i know you've already made a couple announcements but uh really without further ado you know i'd love to hear what your top picks for 2020 were Cool, man. Yeah. So this is, uh, it's always hard to narrow down just 10, man. And at the same time, it's also kind of one of those things where like, I feel like with a lot of us either, you know, either you're out of work or you didn't, you know, you, you, you work from home. So with me in my case, like I didn't commute a lot and I feel like I missed a lot this year because the, the big, the big time frame for me to, or the big time that I listened to music was on my commute, you know? And, um, I still feel like I missed a lot, but without further ado, um, I'll start with my number 10. Um, it's Phoebe Bridgers, uh, Punisher. Um, you know, like, I, I'll admittedly, like, I've never been a huge singer-songwriter-ish kind of fan, but you could you, you couldn't have missed, you know, just her, you know, her, her music in general, you know? And I think um, I was familiar with, with her music from her first record, her last record. Uh, I forgot what it's called, Strangers or some Strangers in the, Strangers in something? Strangers in the Alps, I think. Um, and then when the guys in Spanish Love Songs covered Funeral um, a few, about a year ago or so, I kind of dove a little bit more into kind of her catalog. And uh, this record just kind of came, you know, at a, I think all of us were kind of a very uh, um, reflective this year, you know, with like more like, you know, music that kind of made you feel something. So this record just kind of hit, you know, kind of just hit home for, you know, being at home and kind of <laughs> reflecting on what the hell is going on in life right now, right? So, uh, yeah, Phoebe Bridger is my number 10, uh, album's called Punisher. Uh, number nine, um, I think this album, I don't know when this album came out, but it came, I remember it coming out early in the year, like, I want to say May or June, uh, it's Strike Anywhere, Nightmare of the West. Um, we all needed a protest record, right? And we all knew these, these records were coming, you know, so, you know, Strike Anywhere was obviously always a, a good uh, go-to protest, you know, punk band and stuff so um yeah um strike anywhere it's nightmare of the west just you know your your standard um I mean, of course with everything going on this year with george floyd and you know of course with the trump election and everything like we all kind of you know i think a lot of people kind of embrace I, i've seen it like i saw it early on a lot of people's top 10 picks early picks so you know it landed on my number nine cool cool number where am i number eight, eight, eight now yeah Number eight is Dikembe, Muck. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it. I've always been a fan of, of Dikembe. Um, you know, so just the record, just, you know, your standard, what you expect from, from this band. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dikembe, are you familiar with the guys in Dikembe? Uh, you know, I, I don't know them, but I've definitely, I definitely heard the band oh. and yeah, definitely know all about them. Yeah, just, uh, you know, if you did kind of like that, you know, that Florida kind of like DIY punk, you know, those guys are kind of like, I'd say kind of the champions of that, of that scene, you know, like, so Dikembe um, Muck is my number eight for the year. Yeah. So my number seven, um, number seven is a artist out of Miami called Jason Joshua and the Beholders. Uh, album's called Alegria y Tristeza. And, um, you know, I think, you know, switching it up a little bit kind of from the norm that, you know, my past picks, you know, I think, I think yeah, Andy, I think you knew also that like this year I started a, an imprint label called My Grito that aims a little bit more towards, you know, helping, you know, Latin artists. And, you know, I think that kind of inspired my, my musical, t- musical listening this year. So 
uh, I came across Chasing Joshua and, and the Beholders um, a few months ago. I think the album came out in maybe in October, maybe, or even September. Um, and just, you know, it's, it's Latin funk with kind of Latin soul, um, but done kind of like with a little bit of elements of Motown and kind of, you know, like Latin soul, kind of like, you know, are you, are you familiar with that artist uh, or that song, uh, Santo and Johnny um, from La Bamba? The, oh, the, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sleep, sleep walk, you know, think of things like that, but with a little bit more Latinish kind of modern feel, you know, so it's, it's definitely something you should check out. Um, it's called Alegria y Tristeza by Jason Joshua and the Beholders. Uh, my number six is uh, Touche Amor, Lament. Um, you know, Touche is just, you know, if you're not familiar with Touche Amor, um, start with their last record before this one called Stage Four. Um, it's just a great record. You know, um, the singer from that band, uh, Jeremy, um, he lost his mother, I think, to cancer a few years ago. So that last record was kind of like his, um, his kind of like reflecting on losing his mom. And I think this record is a lot more kind of moving on, you know, so it's, a, it, it's you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm not very eloquent with kind of describing kind of how records kind of make you feel in general, you know, but this record is definitely of a, a reflective record for, um, not only for me, of course, when you, if anyone has ever lost anybody can listen to this record and kind of feel like, all right, that last record was my tribute, kind of like reflecting on losing somebody. And this one's definitely like the, hey, there's hope, you know, and it's moving on and that kind of thing. So it's definitely... Um, one of my top picks of the year, and, nice. and they also do they also do a, a song with um, with um, uh, Manchester Orchestra, mm. uh, so there's there's that you know, and I'm and I'm a huge Man- Manchester Orchestra fan too, so that's a win win for me. Awesome, yeah. What am I at? I'm at number six, right? Yep. Cool. Number six for me is Dogleg Melee. Um, you know, if you're a band, if you're a fan of bands like Prince Daddy and the Hyena and um, Joyce Manor. This will definitely be kind of up your alley. Um, I stumbled upon them, I think, like, I don't know when this album came out, mid-year maybe, um, from The Alternative. Um, you know, great uh, website, um, you know, that we all kind of frequent. And um, just kind of took a liking to it. Just, you know, angry, you know, just angry, good punk, you know, just loud, you know, and, you know, it's a pretty solid record. Awesome. Number five for me is uh, Kill Lincoln. Can't complain. Uh, yeah. Yep. Our friend Mike over at uh, Bad Time and, um, of course, Kill Lincoln. He's I applaud and shout out to, to Mike, who's doing awesome things for the Scott Punk scene. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, those guys are, are killing it. So you, you had to have been kind of living in a rock to not have heard Kill Lincoln this year because I feel like it was the year of Scott Punk kind of making its, making its not return, but kind of its, its, uh, its stomp kind of on the ground again. It's like, hey, you know, it's, it's getting more attention, I think, this year. So, um yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. That that record, I I am I'm not gonna be surprised if I see it on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, man. Good, yeah, solid ska punk record. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, my number, I believe that's number. That was number five. five. Yeah, number five is Kill Lincoln. Um, can't complain. My number four, kind of going back to my uh, Latin inspired music ish kind of uh, newfound kind of or recent or re- getting reacquainted with Latin music, is an artist called Rudy Danda. Hmm. Um. And the album is called um, Tender Epoch. Um, I don't know how to describe his music. Um, it's definitely Latin inspired. You know, he does sing in Spanish and English on this record. But um, think of it as like, if so, and, and I believe he's an immigrant, um, but he lives in Chicago now. Um, but he kind of bounces around kind of back and forth between LA and Chicago. But think of, um, 
you know, this guy music that it's, it's definitely kind of bedroomish, bedroom pop uh, in the style of kind of like the, the artist Kuko, but with elements of like 50s rock and roll and like 60s kind of rock and roll. When, when bands in Mexico were kind of, kind of copying like what, what 50s rock and roll artists were doing, you know, and just kind of, you know, I don't know. It's, it's got that rock and roll style, but with definitely with like a bedroom pop-ish kind of sound. So uh, Rudy Danda, Tender Epoch is my number four. Uh, number three is uh, Barty Strange, Live Forever. Um, if you're not familiar with Barty Strange, and I, I think I'm pronouncing that correct, Barty Strange, B-A-R-T-E-E-S, Barty Strange. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, and um, album's called Live Forever, and um, it is just kind of a breath of fresh air for me, man. You know, um, Again, discovered it kind of the alternative, the website that, um, that I mentioned earlier. Um, it's got elements of kind of like soul with a little bit of kind of hip hop, but still kind of the punks school embrace it. <laughs> and I feel like the punks have kind of embraced this whole, this album and then Barty's in general. Um, it is kind of, at first I heard it, um, he put out a song called, um, ah, what was the song called? Um, ah, God, I should have, I should have been a lot more prepared, man, with this, but. It's, a, it's um, okay, I, man. <laughs> I am not, but he put out a song early as a first single and I heard like, alternative stuff kind of like um like the black keys or kind of like you know that sound and i was kind of like well, what is this it sounds like alternative right but then he kind of does like this hip-hop-ish kind of rap thing in it but it makes sense but you just have to kind of hear it and you'll be like all right i get this you know um so definitely check out bar too strange uh, i believe the song is called boomer but don't quote me on that <laughs> i'd have to ch- check my uh my spotify right now uh so bar too strange number three live forever uh number two is uh, Ways Away, uh, they're self-titled. Um, if you're not familiar with, with Ways Away, Ways Away is um, members of uh, Sam I Am, uh, Knapsack, um, which is uh, Sergi from uh, Sam I Am. Uh, it's got Jesse from Stick to Your Guns, and I believe it's guys from like, who is it? Um, it might be, who is it? Um, Paint It Black, maybe, or something like that. And I know I can share, but just in your, you know, just really, really, I remember seeing a post from Sergi on, on Facebook saying, hey, new song out today, new band. And it was kind of like randomly out of the blue, right? And I checked it out and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know, just melodic pop punk, but with elements of hardcore. And of course, like all the past projects are, are, are what you might hear from all those bands that I, that I mentioned before. Um, Ways Away self-titled is uh, my number two. Awesome. Um, yeah, I remember, and, I remember hearing about that. Um, yeah. It being like, kind of like a, like a super group, sort of speak. Yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah, it's, you know, with, you know, members of Stick Your Guns and, and Sam I Am, I was all in, you know? Sure. So, and of course, the music held up, so. Cool. Um, my number one. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, you, I think you might expect, because I have a history with my friends, with these guys, but Spanish Love Songs is my number one. Uh, Brave Faces, everyone. Um, even if I hadn't worked with the guys early on in, in their career, like, this would have been my number one, man. You know, like this album came out in February and I knew early on, I was like, this is going to be my number one. And just from seeing everyone and just people, you know, post their, their, uh, you know, my feed is nothing but seeing people kind of posting their Spanish love songs as their number one. So I'm, I think it's going to be a, a, a contender for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people. Um, but just, you know, I think now even more after what we've been through this year, you know, I think this album kind of reinforces kind of, everyone's kind of, <laughs> how do I put it, kind of um, 
conflicted outlook on life, you know? Like okay. this record definitely is, is you know, the, their last record, Schmaltz, was definitely kind of, you know, this introverted way of looking at like you're, you know, you're being a pessimist, right? Um, this one is definitely more optimistic, but in the same, in the same similar way that Dylan has a way of kind of making lyrics kind of with humor, but with like still kind of giving that hope, you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'll let people kind of make their own assumptions on, on, on what their number one is, but yeah, Spanish style songs, Brave Faces, everyone is my, uh, number one of 2020. Great list, man. I, I, I definitely appreciate the fact that you have uh, a mixed bag. Like it's not just all like, you know, one genre yeah. or anything like that, you know, cause I, I, I think that, you know, we all have eclectic tastes and, you know, sometimes we forget that it's okay to like have your yeah. favorite be something that's not like the relatively in the scene that you're associated with all the time, yeah. you know, I mean, wiretap and, you know, everything is so, so associated with the punk scene, you know, for the most part, but you know, I, I think it's wonderful uh, that you've started this new imprint with Migrito or Migrito. And mm-hmm. um, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with that. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. And um, you know, I'll talk to you real soon. See you on next year. Dude, thank you, Andy. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you. Take care, Ron. Hey, Cat Bite. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, tell me what your top albums of 2020 were. All right, so we have a collective list, the the three of us put together. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. (laughs) Ben's probably got some weird albums anyways. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> actually they did put out a record yeah, it's um, <laughs> so this is a list um that we we think has some good ones that came out in no particular order should i just read them out I want sure, you guys to yeah we'll alternate okay you want to start then all right let's start i guess we don't have to pass the yeah i can see it from here <laughs> um let's start it off with no dream by jeff rosenstock that came out of nowhere uh, no hype about it. It just, just there just was. Dropped just it. dropped the record, and it happened to be like, <laughs> just like every other Jeff Rosenstock record, just yeah. amazing. So um, extremely relevant lyrics, extremely amazing, like you know, songwriting. It's just that it, it that might be like one of my favorites of this whole year, personally. Um, and then we also thought Revolution Spring, Suicide Machines. Very Damn good. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> I mean, what a what a what a like great return to form for that band. Just like yeah, that's what I was thinking. All pistons firing, just so good. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you put it on, you're like, yep, that's a Suicide Machines, and I want to listen to it. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that song, um, Flint Water Crisis, or something like that. It's like fucking aggressive as shit. Like it, it sounds like it should be off of like. Um, uh, what was what was the really what was the uh, battle hymns? The what battle, battle hymns? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it should be off of fucking battle hymns. Yeah, yeah. Then next we have our very good friends and our label mates and our all around people that we enjoy their company. Uh, Kill Winkins record can't complain. Uh, front to back, uh, goddamn banger, and we're so stoked that they put that out and we can listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Another great record for sure. Then we got, um, oh, um, it's an album called Bad Vacation by an artist called Liza Ann. Um, she's like, like in kind of indie pop, um, but super awesome songwriter. Um, really, really good songwriter. And the whole album is great. So good. 
Um, then Lord Jean Grace's um, Stay Alive. Um, that was very cool and unexpected. Yeah. Another um, one that I feel like was just kind of like dropped and then yeah, she released just, to the world with like no promotion or anything. Yeah. Um, and that was on like polyvinyl too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that was it's so, good. so good. Such great songwriting, like always. She's right. a fucking genius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip around and I'm going to go uh, uh, another record, which I kind of found out about the week before, but um, the Skins put out a live record and it's such a lot, great record. I feel like fully, fully encapsulates seeing them live. Um, it just sounds great and they're just a great band live and listening to them live is you know, just an added bonus. So Skins live record is definitely one of them. Great. Uh, Pairs, new Pairs record, which I, again, it's self-titled, I guess, even though it's like their third record. Yeah, I think it's self-titled. Yeah, that's uh, I love Paris so much. Uh, also, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Band Aid Brigade, which that didn't come out this year, I don't think, but maybe it did come out this year. Which is the singer of Paris, like, like eighties, like oh, fucking yeah. like Flock of Seagulls type shit. <laughs> like uh, Zach's very talented. That whole band is fucking talented. But yeah, the new Paris record, I at the beginning of quarantine, I probably listened to that record like five times a day. It, like at work like i was just like i'm mad because i'm having to work through this shit and I just like that album just made me feel <laughs> a little bit better right and then we got um wonderful hell by war on women um super like aggressive punk rock yeah. roll. they're so good so good that's yeah and the, the first time we saw dirty nil was with war on women, women. Mm -hmm. no yeah. Yeah. It's the second time. I saw they open up for flag. That was Warren Women Flag. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. They were on that tour. This guy, yeah. Oh, my bad. Dirty No Warren Women and Flag. That was like one of the best shows. Um, and then the the last one we have is um Circles by Mac Miller, who uh rest in peace. Um that album is so good. It's, yeah. It's a really, really good and very sad, but so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super good, that's a super solid list. A lot of, a lot of great albums on there for sure. But um, thanks for uh, sharing your list with us and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you guys real soon. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Dom, welcome back to the show. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me back to the show. It's nice to yeah. be back. Yeah, dude. Happy, happy we made it through fucking 2020. You know, I mean. Dude, dumpster fire of a year, seriously. Longest year ever. But congratulations on the show. It has been really good. I'm really impressed with your podcast. Not that I expected anything else, but like, c congratulations, man. You made a podcast. This is a great show. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I got some inspiration from you. You've, you've done such a great job with your podcasts. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of cool to make, make this thing happen. So it was yeah. like, great to have you on as a guest. And It's like a non-musical solo project. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Not really I mean, making an album. You're just making your own little project. Well, it's, it's nice that I've been able to just kind of do this and turn it into my own thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel here at all, but, you know, I, I feel fortunate that I've had a chance to, you know, have some great conversations with people, people that I both know and some people that I have gotten to know, you know, through this. Yeah. And hell, it's given me something to do during this crazy downtime we've had. So, yeah, no kidding. You know, I, I, I would encourage anyone who wants to try to do it. 
But, well, it's uh, funny you say that I inspired you because you've inspired me to get off my ass and finish out uh, a bunch of new of episodes I'm sitting on for three gigs. So thanks for that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, not for nothing, that's, that's my favorite podcast that you do. So I, I'm Thank looking you. forward to seeing more of that, but uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited to hear your picks for uh, the top albums of 2020. So without further ado, let's hear them. Okay. Yeah. This year was a tough one for new music for me because I felt like I ran more to the shelter of old reliable music that I love rather than explore as much, which is ironic because I do consider myself somebody who explores a lot of new music more than usual, more than many musicians like us that are supposed to be better and we don't really care anymore. But I try to pay attention because you know, like you work at a label too. So you try to hear and listen and pay attention to what's going on. You want to know where everything's going and you like, it keeps you a little bit more into stuff, but this was a tough one. And a lot of people, you know, there wasn't as many albums released this year as usual for good reason. People weren't touring. So some people are sitting on albums. Like I, I know of one huge band that is, that has a whole album ready to go and they are not doing anything until they can tour behind it. So they're just sitting on it for like a full year, maybe more before they actually release this, which is crazy to me. Um, and then again, we're but Sunago, I'm sitting on a bunch of demos we've been sitting on forever. So I guess it's not that crazy. True. Um, but uh, let's see, I did a top 10, but it was a little tricky for me to get everything. I couldn't remember stuff. So I really had to research this, but at number 10, I put stay alive by Laura Jane Grace. I think that's a, I'm, I'm, I am a, I really respect and enjoy her. Uh, and, but I don't, I'm not like a massive fan, but I really enjoy every solo album. Uh, and I think this was a great effort, uh, kind of grossed out by the cover, but I like the music. Um, uh, so I think it was really solid. So I think it's a solid number 10, number nine, I put good news by Megan the stallion. I think it's a great rap album. I think she's amazing. Uh, I mean, man, she's kind of badass. Like somebody had to try and shoot her in the foot. And she took it and still rocked out. And I actually saw her on Saturday Night Live when she performed and she's wearing heels and everything. And like, I was like, there's a lot of small bones in that foot. So she's clearly a trooper, but I don't know if you've listened to that album, but it's a great rap album. She's got a great approach. Um, I think she's an artist that like worked hard for a long time, but it's kind of exploded and it's deserved. I think it's cool. Nice. Number eight, I'm actually going to give kind of a shout out to uh, our tour manager, Charlie. I'm going to put Transmitters by Steadfast Houston or HTX. Uh, this, this is a really good old school street punk kind of record, working class, like gravel vocals, but really catchy. Great drumming, Charlie. Great drumming. But um, I think it kind of went under the radar for a lot of people because this is like their big you know, this was Charlie's first album with the band. Uh, and I think that it kind of went under the radar because of the pandemic happened. They weren't able to tour and really make a big thing out of the release. So it came out. And I think that those who've heard it really like it. So, I mean, if you like that, like um, street dogs, a bit of dropkick Murphy's without the Irish, uh, you know, like you like the working class gritty street punk stuff. Like, I think you'll like this record. Um, and I mean, I genuinely like it beyond the fact that the drummer is one of my best friends, but it's a good record and it deserves to be included. Yeah, um, I agree. It's a great record. It is. It is. It's just, it's just a solid workhorse of a band putting out a solid workhorse of a record. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely 
solid, solid, great start, you know, but I've always liked stuff that Charlie does. Uh, number seven, I'm going to put a alternative tentacles records artist. Uh, I'm going to say all borders are porous to cats by the world inferno friendship society. I really love this album. Um, I love this band. They are chaos incarnate and, but they're wonderful people. Uh, their manager is a wonderful person, Bill Cashman, but the whole group is just great. And this album was, I think, a really great return to form. Because I don't feel like this Packed Funeral, their last album, was a bad album. It was a great album. I really loved it at the time. But this felt like uh, World Inferno really came into their own and really put out a strong material. And Alternative Tentacles was really excited about it. And it sold really well. Like, it really did. We we were really happy with how well it did. And the only thing that got in its way again was the pandemic, like their touring stopped, but world Inferno was working behind this. They were putting together. The songs are solid. People are loving it. Watching them live was great. This is a really good collection of material. And I really recommend people checking it out because it's kind of different for most punk rockers, even older punk rockers. You should listen to this band. This is like a voodoo cabaret with a punk rock. It's a punk rock voodoo cabaret. I mean, it's just different and it's worth it. It's worth checking out. Yeah, I'm definitely sold on that band after having seen them live. Yeah. yeah, just incredible. When we got to play with them, it was so fun. They were so good at the Tentacle Fest. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, my six, I guess, uh, is Welcome to the Machina, LA Machina 7-inch. It was a debut by a brand new band uh, that came from former members of the Darts and uh, Susie Moon from Turbulent Hearts. Ricky uh, Sticks was on drums. She had drummed for the initial Darts albums and then has left the Darts, but she's in Death, uh, Death Valley Girls. Uh, she's an absolutely incredible drummer, wonderful person. Uh, Michelle, who used to play guitar for the Darts, this was her band. They had a really strong start. They were supposed to come out and play uh, punk rock bowling in Las Vegas at the beginning, and this 7-inch would have come out that weekend. But then that did Excuse me, that didn't happen. But this seven inch really sold well. We totally blew through them. Uh, and it just, it's kind of a tragic pick because it was supposed to be the beginning of something new, but the band is broken up and is done. And they've all gone their separate ways back to their own bands. I mean, check out Turbulent Hearts with Susie Moon. Check out Death Valley Girls' latest album. More on that in a second. And Two Tens. I mean, I think she's, she's, Ricky's in a ton of stuff and she's just so talented. And then uh, I hear Michelle has something going on that she's working on. Uh, that's kind of in this vein. So alternative tentacles was really disappointed. We can't complain because the seven inch did really well. A lot of people were really excited. I think it was a, a great band. Um, it kind of took what the darts were doing and they got even more rock and roll. But if anything, it's made me really excited about what the darts are going to do next. I'm, I'm really happy that they're going to be coming out with an album uh, next year. So. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's two songs, but if you like the darts, if you like garage, if you like rock and roll, a little bit of metal, you like some of that dirty stuff. I mean, it's just a fun two songs. I liked it. I'm sad they're gone. I think they, they were, they had a lot of potential and they just kind of a little too early. Yeah. So they didn't survive the pandemic. That's another thing that we lost, but it's worth grabbing the seven inch while you can. So you can get it at alternative tentacles.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it won't be, we don't have that many left. Uh, after that, uh, I would say number five, I'm going to pick the ride by bad cop, bad cop. 
Uh, I think that they are a fantastic band uh, that just continues to show how great they are and how what great pop writers they are. They have some of the best harmonies in punk rock, as far as I'm concerned. Every one of the every member of that band could front a band, could front a great band and write great songs for that band. But instead of that, like I literally think Bad Cop, Bad Cop is this is something that's not often said. Literally, they are a band filled with front people. Like they could all sing well enough to front that band front a band their own. And they come together and make this fantastic. And they're just wonderful. And this was a great album. Like, I haven't been disappointed by an album from them yet. And I think that this was a really great release, a strong release. I think Fat's really lucky to have them. And I think that 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 investment in them is just paying off. Again, the only thing that stopped them is the pandemic. I mean, they're they're with a bullet. They're they're a hardworking band. And uh, if you like classic punk rock with classic pop punk punk rock with a great spin everything you like about fat records everything great about fat records is in this band this band has everything that's how i want to say it that's it that's my quote everything great about fat records can be found in bad cop back up there you go uh then number four i'm gonna say um this is where I could I could I could shuffle around. These next four could actually be it's like a four way tie for number one. Could, any one of these could be number one. Sure. So it's just a question of what I'm going to put out, what I'm going to say first. I'm going to say number four is Tea Party Revenge Porn by Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Um, this album is not physically out yet. It will come out in March of next year, but digitally you can hear it. He wanted it out early because of the election. And if you wanted to hear Jello Biafra really tear in to things like, like only he can do, this is the album for you. And I will tell you this, this is the most dead Kennedy's Jello Biafra I've heard since dead Kennedy's Jello Biafra, like, and probably his best release, no shade on the other GSM releases, but this is probably the best release since the Jelvins releases when he partnered with the Melvins. I mean, it is just solid fact to front like he just tears into stuff and he does not sound like he's in his 60s and i'm not just saying that because i work with him i mean i truly believe that this is one of the best things he's put out and it actually makes me excited because you know you think as a musician i think you understand you you think you get older and you lose touch and you you know maybe you start wondering if you should keep doing this or anything and then you see someone like jello biafra who just shows you why he's such a great artist and why he just tears in you know it's like he comes out in his 60s with something like this uh it's fantastic and it's selling really well uh you can pre-order it still at alternativetentacles.com it's a great album if you like the dead kennedys if you like anything that jello's ever done if you want to ch- check out jello for the first time check out tea party revenge porn nice yeah, yeah. angry jello be offering it, that's it's awesome number three I'm going to say is under the spell of joy by death Valley girls, which actually has Ricky sticks from LA machina drumming on this record as well. And uh, it's gotten so much press and attention. And this is one of my favorite bands uh, right now. I just love them. This was an incredible record. Uh, They keep getting better and better and more interesting. You know, they definitely don't shy away from experimenting. Uh, 
Bonnie Bloomgarden is the singer and she is just incredible. They have incredible musicianship. It's just a really fun. If you like any of the desert stoner garage rock, you know, kind of sound, which I know when you say that kind of stuff, people roll their eyes sometimes, but I mean, this is really good. They're really interesting. Suicide squeeze is so lucky to have them. If I could steal them, I would totally steal them. But like suicide squeeze knows what they have and will not let them go. And I don't blame them. I would, I would, you'd have to pry Death Valley Girls out of my cold, dead hand, too. But they are an incredible band, and I think that they are just getting more and more popular and more and more interesting. And, you know, the only reason I think this album is a bigger deal is, again, because they didn't tour. I feel like I keep saying that. Like, bands couldn't tour this year, so this album isn't as in your face as you would see if they were touring. But real gem, real great. I think, you know, I think everyone should know who this band is. I don't think they're going to... They're not stopping. They're just going to get bigger and bigger. Right. Number two is a release that was nobody would know about, and you're not going to be able to get it, but um, there's a band called The Lobstrosities, mm. and they are an underground secret in California, but they are fantastic. And a promoter or former promoter named Mitta Goodwin put out a seven-inch run, uh, and I think it's called... Uh, I mean, I don't know what it's called. I don't even know if it has a name other than monstrosities. They squeezed a ton of songs on it. So it sounds like utter shit. You know, remember, I don't know if you remember, Andy, that people were giving a shit about squeezing four songs on Still Standing Mm -hmm. and making it a 33 RPM 7-inch because nobody wants to do that anymore, even though that's how everybody did stuff in the 90s right? uh, and the the early 2000s. If you had a 7-inch, you crammed as many songs on it as possible. But nobody wants like a... I mean, everyone gave a shit from Jello to uh, the pressing plant. They're like, 33, oh, four songs. What are you doing? This has eight, and it sounds like garbage. It sounds like garbage. Still standing doesn't sound like garbage. This sounds like garbage. And I, it's fine because the songs are so good. <laughs> if you can find the Lobstrosities, good luck. But the songs are awesome. It sounds... At first, like punk rock, you might have heard when you were younger and going to see bands in the early 2000s in the wake of AFI. And they're a Northern California band out of Stockton, California. But then you listen and you hear them do things that nobody else was doing. And they were incredible live. Their shows went nuts. So this release is a very much a personal thing. Also, the Lobstrosities, all their songs are based on Stephen King's series the dark tower so it's like every lyric every name every song everything refers to something in the series of books and this book series is epic it ties together every stephen king story he ever wrote into this one huge epic and the lobstrosities are just so good and uh i i right now i could you could if you go on spotify you can find the gasher on the uh ranger horror movie soundtrack they have one song on spotify and it's good it's really good and all i can tell you is try and picture when you're listening to it a crowd that is going crazy going nuts at every word these guys say and they're chanting and singing along when mida put out this run of seven inches it was gone Mm -hmm. in minutes and people were still trying to get one. Jello B. Offers trying to get one. And this ain't going to happen. Like, every, they sold out immediately. Anybody who could get their hands on one did. And that just, good luck. But, I mean, I'm hoping this will lead to stuff because I know the obstrosities are talking and they might do more things. They certainly should. They're like the best kept secret that shouldn't be a secret. Right. That's my number two. 
And it's nice. only number two because nobody else can really get it. <laughs> like you're going to have to go listen to Gasher. So what's the point of putting it at number one? But it was the release I was most excited about because I never had anything physical by this band and to actually have a seven inch with their songs on it. That was so incredible. Nice. Sorry for the rant. But oh, no, yeah, no worries. Yeah. The atrocities need the buildup. So my number one, and this has been, I noticed this album is on the top of everybody else's like top 20 list. It usually comes in at three or four or two or five. You know, it's like right up there. Uh, RTJ4, Run the Jewels. That album, like it came out and I was so into it. I listened to it back and front and wasn't disappointed by anything. It's a fantastic hip hop record. It probably one of the most interesting groups right now, I think uh, most politically aware it was the right record for the right year at the right time, the right moment. And is that a surprise? I mean, it's run the jewels. Like they were just, I mean, I don't know if I had a sound, if I had to pick a record for that was a soundtrack for 2020 in a good way, not, you know, granted this year was a dumpster fire, but a, a, an, a, uh, an album that helped carry me through it was run the jewels. And, and, and of this whole list, easily easily the one i listened to the most of all 10 uh, i listened to this record a lot i still listen to it i listen to it today i heard the songs from it today so um run the jewels is my number one i know it's not the most punk rock choice but i think it actually is a punk rock choice it's a sick fucking record and i i find it incredibly inspiring i hope i i hope to be part of a band that that delivers such a biting commentary as they do you know the only other band on this list that rivals that commentary is Tea Party Revenge Porn by Jello Biafra. Those two are, and even Jello loved Run the Jewels album. Like he heard it and was like, damn. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to really divulge into my list right now, but, but RTJ4 is, is definitely one of the ones that can, is contending, you know, for top spot for me yeah. for sure it yeah. needs to be it needs to be i mean if you've heard if it isn't on your t if you're into music and it's not in your top 10 list you're not paying attention like yeah. it's just it was of 2020 it's one of the best records i heard this year i i mean it's just fantastic yeah so, I, I think you hit the nail on the head where it, it it's one of those albums that i think is truly a a time capsule for yeah. this time you know and you know it's, it's funny that you, you know I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, during this whole last administration, you know, there was all this thing. It's like, oh, this is going to make for so much good punk rock. And I got to be honest, I didn't hear a ton of great punk rock over the last four years that was like biting. You know what I mean? At no. like the administration. Like no. I no. heard great albums made by great bands. Not going to disqualify that at all. Um, but as far as, political like politically charged punk rock kind of few and far between and you know and maybe maybe part of it is because i wasn't paying attention to the right bands and that's on me and like i'd love to hear it if anyone has suggestions like let me i know. actually think that people if anyone has suggestions they're not going to bring you albums they're going to bring you songs like they'll say well sure. what about this song or what about this song and you're like okay that exists that's great but in terms of albums yeah i would straight up say the four years I mean, I'm sure there's great albums in previous three years that I could really think about. I'm not thinking of any at the moment, but like in terms of defining the time period and being a time capsule that will also be timeless and be able to be listened to again, Tea Party Revenge Born by Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine and RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Those are the top two that come to mind. 
I know uh, Ministry is working on an album that's supposedly supposed to be amazing, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. New new Al Jorgensen will always be good. To, to it should hear. be interesting. <laughs> I mean, Jello says it's going to be great, and I haven't heard it. And I know Jello's on it, and I heard the song he's on, and that was awesome. But nice. I mean, I think there's I think there's stuff out there, but I honestly do think um, by the nature of the divided, how divided things are, I think that that. I mean, like the punk scene isn't, I was about to say the punk scene's not as divided, but it is. Like, I think uh, things are so divided that I think instead of inspiring bands to be angry and fierce, it made people hesitant, you know? And I mean, you know, and I think it did affect, uh, I think it did affect Tsunami Bomb's record. And I think that there is moments on Tsunami Bomb's record, but we're not the most political band by any means. we focus more on personal journeys, but there is stuff on our record that I think has been impacted by recent time. And I think there's a lot of moments on people's records that are impacted, but again, I think you're right. And I think I've named the two records that stand out the most in my mind that came from this time, this, this period of time that, that takes these things head on and, and then became greater because of it. You know, it's like, I think Jello got put out one of the best albums in years for himself because of this time period. I think run the jewels put out one of their best albums. I mean, they have so many good albums, but I don't think they have a bad album, but you know what I mean? Right. Well, Hey man, I think that's a great list. And um, you know, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, offering it up to the people and uh, hopefully some people will check out the albums that they don't know about. And uh, yeah, buddy, uh, always great to talk to you. Great. Good luck with everything with uh, AT and, you know, good things uh, coming our way with Tsunami Bomb here pretty soon. So we'll let people know yeah. about that soon. But yeah, we got a very interesting year coming up. It's weird. <laughs>